Welcome to the See Through Design podcast, where we have an open and honest conversation about design. Hosted by myself, Casper Samano. And myself, Liam Jackson. Welcome to the See Through Design podcast. Welcome. So today we've got something a bit special lined up for everyone. And uh, it's a bit of a, a, a new theme that we've got going on and an idea that sort of came came about from me just dropping Liam a, a text the other day um, in a sense of how I was feeling about a subject. And I was like, actually, that's a good topic to talk about. And it's kind of spurred us to create this series. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Kaz just fired me this message and we'd already been talking about what that certain subject, which we'll uh, announce in a minute. In, uh, announce in a minute, yeah. But it was, um, you know, I just thought maybe we could just have a normal episode and talk about that subject and then I was having my lockdown walk one evening, get a text message, look at my phone, and it's Kaz saying, hey, man, what do you think about Cue the Music? Seven deadly sins of design. Well, so that's our little intro music played ready to talk about the subject but before we dive into the subject let's just talk about the series we also need to talk about that clip that music clip you've just heard <laughs> i kind of curated the uh the sounds and the voiceover artist you may have heard of him before he's called kaz kusamano <laughs> and if anyone can guess who did the scream at the end of that music clip maybe i could just play a little clip of it again now just to <laughs> Your memory. If you can guess who that is, then you will win a very special prize. That. And you could see in the way that I held off there that we don't really have a prize. <laughs> but so maybe we'll just tell them now. I think you should just you should just tell them. I think you should just do it live now. <laughs> it was it, it, that is actually Kaz doing that. <laughs> It's amazing. And when he recorded that, we were recording it live over Skype, and I just, I was laughing my head off and I was actually crying, crying from laughter. Oh, my kids can't look at me in the same way. My wife can't look at me in the same way. It's literally that, that clip has, has changed things. It's just so, it's it's like, just changed they just see you as a little girl now. They, they, well, if they didn't before, they do definitely now <laughs> see that. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty impressive, actually, isn't it? If you think about that screen, there's little to no audio effects on there as well, from what I remember. There's a bit of, I think I put some reverb and echo on it. Which, but yeah, by today's standards, been, isn't overly produced. It's not been pitched up or anything. It's That's as it was out of the mic. So if anybody wants to buy that screen, or we probably won't be able to sell it, and we might even struggle giving it away. But if anybody would like that screen, we can cut that screen out. No, and no, no, no. If... No, you could do a personal screen for them. I can't do personal But while screen. while we're on the subject of the kind of intro music, I'm not sure people are actually aware that we actually did that as well. Um, I didn't really do much. I just sampled some beats, but Kaz actually played the funk guitar, um, all the parts to that. So, Yeah, it's time to plug my other Instagram, For the Love of Solos. Check it out. Get Check it in it there. If you want to see Kaz noodling away. Noodling away, definitely how I spend my time doing other things apart from just design and <laughs> replying to emails. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Envy, well, what a topic. And I think I- I'm really excited about this series because we said from the beginning that we want to have an open and honest conversation about design. And I actually feel like this conversation that we're going to have today is going to be you and me just unloading unloading and letting everything <laughs> out and telling telling each other how it is and how we feel and yeah being really honest and open because let's not shy away from the fact that envy is probably something we all struggle with especially as designers and why did i text you the other day well i felt jealous i was yeah. looking at somebody else's work and i was i was you know full of envy yeah. And it was not a cool feeling. And it's hard as well, isn't it? Because you you know you should not 
be judging your own work against someone else's, but it's hard not to. I think there was, I was doing some research actually, and it said it was the Harvard, Harvard Business School. And they did studies over like 10 years for like hundreds of people. And they said that at no matter what level you're at in a company, whether you're the CEO or you're the junior, the intern, all of those people felt envy mm. and were jealous of um, each other. So it just goes to show that, you know, age, experience, you know, you'd think that after, you know, you've been a designer for 20 years, Kaz, you'd think after that amount of time, you would be like, you know, you'd be happy and content with the work you do, but you're always going to judge I am other constantly people. judging myself against other people. And today, before we even thought about, uh, you know, recording the podcast, you sent me a, a clip from Simon Sinek talking about oh, yeah. comparing yourself to others and how destruct, destru uh, destructive that was. And I do that on a daily basis. I'm going to hold my hands up and be really open about it. I am so insecure when it comes to myself, my work, me as a designer, um, how I run my business. I'm so critical and it can really be quite, well, one, it's daunting and exhausting. Yeah. And yeah. it's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty not true as well. Because the problem is, is that I explained it to you as well, how I was feeling when I sent that message. It's like, I know, I'm almost aware of it happening. But for the for, for that time, in that moment, I don't care, you know, I'm just like, I'm not good enough. And I feel like that's the overarching phrase. Jealousy for me, and I don't know, it might be different for anyone else, is brought upon the fact that I feel like I'm not good enough. Yeah. And if I'm not good enough, I have to compare myself to others. But if you didn't compare, then maybe you would think you are good enough. And and I do think with the world we live in now, social media, you know, we're, we're constantly seeing other people's work. And that's part of the issue, isn't it? And you see, it was Simon Sinek even said in that video that you're looking at a curated lifestyle, you know, lifestyle or life. And if it's about a designer's work, they're probably only showing their best work on Instagram. Absolutely. And I know I do that because that's what I want to show the world. That's what is going to get me more work. Like we all do kind of bread and butter stuff. Yeah. Um, and it might not be award-winning or, you know, maybe you don't want award-winning work, but, you know, that's that's kind of a phrase just to say it's at that level that you know that's what you have to try and remember is that it is a curated feed you're seeing and you know yourself like if you've done a piece of work that you're not you know really proud of would you post it on social no i wouldn't no and i don't think you you only post the best bits don't you it's, it's highlights of the best bits yeah, and even me and you, you know, we we sometimes send each other work and say, Kaz, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about posting this. Yeah. Do you think it's good or bad or, you know, should I change this or, you know, is it presented nicely? So we're insecure at that point as soon as we yeah. text it to each other. Yeah. So, and it is, uh, this is the struggles of being a creative and a designer is that, because we feel like we're constantly being judged. Um, that's kind of an internal battle. But then once we see someone else's work, you know, we're very critical then as well. But I think you have to remember that those people that you're looking at and thinking, damn, I wish I was, you know, as good as them, they are actually having the same battles as I said, that, that Harvard uh, Business School uh, research showed that, you know, everyone at every level has it. So that doesn't make it easy, though, because it doesn't mean that when you see a piece of work, you 
flick a switch and say, oh, it doesn't matter because, you know, I know all these kind of factors. Before we go further into design, if I could, I just wanted to talk about um, kind of envy. Kind of one reason why I wanted to do the podcast with you was because I was and still am kind of envious of people that are very confident and outgoing. And I've always been, you know, a shy, introverted, nervous kind of guy. And I guess a man of few words as well. Um, Or at least I think that. And I think it stems back from when I was in school. You know, when you're in high school and you have to do these like presentations. Mm. And we had to do... Yeah, I can't even remember what we were presenting. Um, But I remember it was in like alphabetical order. So, you know, like you can see it coming closer to your initials. And you like, so the closer it got, the more nervous and anxious I was getting, you know, I was like restless and couldn't sit still. And then it got to my turn and I went up there. And by this point, I was, you know, shaking. I had sweats, like my brain just went blank. And I just felt so embarrassed and like an idiot that I couldn't get my words out. I was like stammering and and it was just really embarrassing. And so I think even from a young age, you know, I've looked at confident people and, you know, kind of envied them. And that's part of the reason for doing the podcast is that, you know, I can look at other people and envy them for being confident, but where does that confidence come from? And I think just by doing this podcast is giving me, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but it is giving me like a platform to be able to kind of do public speaking. And I am actually envious of you as my co-host, because I think you are more confident. You are, you ask better questions. There's, you know, all these little things that I internally think about. And I know we've discussed it in private before, but there's all these, you know, that I'm even envious of you and the way you can communicate and, you know, even the way you yeah, host the show and talk to guests. You know, we've had a handful of guests now and I think you handle those shows better than I do. And I was going to say that, you know, it's we, we knew prior to recording this episode that we were going to basically be really open and honest about the subject because... We have to be, if we're going to be talking about envy or seven deadly sins of design, like we can't hold back. No. And you did mention that you were going to discuss this on the podcast. And I think you asked me is what you thought to that idea. And I was like, yeah, you should definitely say and talk about how you feel as, you know, the feelings that you've had with me as a co-host. And, (laughs) you know, without sounding almost fairy tale in my response i'm jealous of liam you know <laughs> and so it kind of like it's it's really it's really odd because you are lo- you're looking at that in in me and i don't necessarily see that thing in me like i don't see myself as those things that you just said yeah and yeah i'm looking at your work and i'm like yeah you know liam's got some awesome design work we all know this and i really wished I designed this piece or, you know, and I think, so here you go. Here's a, here's one thing that we did. We were working on a project together and we both came up with ideas, didn't we, on this project. And I was feeling quite quietly confident that mine was pretty good, you know, and I was going to send it over and you were going to go, yeah, that's really cool. You know, it's a personal project. Well, it's not a personal project. It's a project that me and Liam are working on together. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I, I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm just going to go away, have a little think about, some ideas that I've had and you sent me over an idea for a logo and I was just so jealous, embarrassed, almost felt sick about what I sent. I was like, no, mine was no way good enough. It wasn't even in the league. See, this is the problem because you should not be embarrassed because, you know, your number one, your work was amazing. And you know, I love your work. I think your work is amazing. And I am envious of stuff you do. So it's like, it goes both ways. But you also have to remember that you started the designs. 
and I'd seen what you'd done and then I did what I did based, you know, so I feel like as a progression of a process and a project, you probably would have got to where I was. It was just like, Liam, here's what I've done. I'd already seen it and then pushed it a bit further. Like they weren't that far away from what you'd already done. So I think you need to give yourself the credit for where you'd taken it already. And, and, and I think I was going to say, and that's, that's the point about the credit, you know, there's me just interjecting on you there. It's just the credit. It's the fact that I think what jealousy does is it doesn't allow us to see that to begin with, obviously, no. but it, it kind of, so if I kind of go back in the timeline, you mentioned about this experience you had at, at school where you were a presentation and it went, you know, it went tits up, to be honest, to put it yeah. to one of a better phrase. Yeah. So, now I'm not a psychologist, you know, I'm not anything, I don't know the, the studies, but I just think I know more about common sense. I've had my share of experiences in sort of, you know, kind of with my anxiety and had some sort of talking therapies. But I think like that's, almost like been a bit of a traumatic experience for you that you then remember that and everything that you do from here from that point has almost I think they call it like a cognitive bias it's like you're almost looking for evidence in the day-to-day to prove the fact that you're not good at public speaking and that that thing may repeat itself history may repeat itself so you become almost fearful of that thing happening and you're looking for evidence all the time yeah to justify that cognitive bias that you've got about yourself and how you are and how confident you are so i guess me as a kind of fly on the wall in my mind at the moment looking in yeah makes me think that maybe when you're recording those podcasts with me, myself and the guests, is that your focus as well is thinking, oh shit, I've not done this. This confirms the belief about myself. That belief is that I'm not this, this and this and Kaz is better yeah. than me, thus creates jealousy. It definitely is that because I have noticed, you know, you like you notice your mind drift. So it's kind of like I should be focusing really on what the guest is saying. And I know this is really open and honest, like you say, but I should be focusing on what the guest is saying. And I'm kind of my mind is drifting to thinking like, what if I said this? Like, what would Chris Doe think about that? You know, I'm kind of thinking and then I see Chris Doe videos and he's so confident. And then people in the audience ask him live questions and he's just like bang, 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 bang and gives the perfect answer and it's coherent and it's just done. So I, yeah, look at someone like him and say, I'm envious of the way he can hold knowledge, how he can communicate that knowledge and how his confidence is. But I do know from seeing, you know, when it was called the, uh, the school, was it called the school before future? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That he actually said he was terrified and apparently in the first few videos didn't say much either. And so you don't, on, you're going to say you don't, you, and that's the thing, you don't announce that to the world. You don't announce to the world, I'm terrified or I'm struggling or I'm, you know, jealous. Or I'm feeling, you know, rubbish about my work or I'm having to get yourself to check my Instagram posts before I post them to make sure that, you know, they're of a certain level and a certainly, you know, it's, it's, it's the stuff you don't see um, yeah. behind the scenes of, and, and how someone's feeling. It's like we've got this really creative mind that can create lots of good stuff, but it can also create a horror movie for ourselves and yeah. be like a really scary place. Um, and the thing is, it's like jealousy, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the overarching point about jealousy is it's almost a cocktail made up of anxiety, feeling low, um, yeah. self an issue with self-confidence and self-esteem um you know maybe it's down to some physical aspects as well 
like you're tired or you're, you run down. And it's like this mixing pot of all of that going on, that de- mm-hmm. the kind of maybe there's some depression in there as well. And it just comes out as you look at somebody's work and it triggers that negative belief about yourself and boom, you're in that frame of mind. You know, Simon Sinek put it perfectly because, you know, when you hear somebody talking, you go, that's me, that's exactly what I do. I'm, I had, a, you know, kind of a bit of a, a designer on Instagram that I kept looking at and I almost spent every morning going into his um, Instagram page and just seeing if he's posted anything. Thanks, Kaz. <laughs> no. To, <laughs> so don't get jealous, Liam, but you're not the only person I'm jealous <laughs> of. <laughs> there are other designers in my life. <laughs> and uh, I was looking at his work and I was seeing his posts and I was like, and I was almost relieved. If I didn't see a post, I was like, ah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I don't have anything to make me feel shit today. And I'm, I'm not even joking. There was a bit of a, it kind of was a bit of an obsession. I was going back looking at these accounts of people that I was, you know, I don't know what it was, but just feeling like I had to compare myself. Yeah. And it was really destruct. It was really destructive. Um, and I don't just do it with design. I do it with all things. In you know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have the body of a Greek. You know, I don't have the body of a Greek god. And um, <laughs> I. I'm definitely not the best guitarist in the world, but I do find that I get envious about that sort of stuff. That you know, that kind of face value stuff, the the image, yeah. the way you perceive yourself. I'm jealous of youth. <laughs> you know, I'm not old, but at the same time, there are younger designers out there creating some amazing things. Yeah, you know, they've got. A fuller head of hair than I have, maybe you know. Definitely, definitely <laughs> over me. And absolutely. So you you do find yourself spiraling out of control. I find you know. Yeah, that's not a good hole no. to be in. I do like my friend and tattoo artist. I remember him saying that he kind of just stopped looking at social media because I mean, there's you know there must be thousands millions of uh tattoo artists sharing their work and he just said he just he was just comparing himself and it just made him not want to be an artist anymore mm. i've definitely felt so like that. I, yeah so i asked him well what so what do you do because he still used social media to obviously try and promote himself so he just basically says i'm like the sas like jump in share my stuff and then I get out. So, so it's not about scrolling through feeds and looking at other people's work. It's just about, you know, just saying, well, I need to promote myself. I understand, you know, the, uh, understand that it's good to promote yourself on social media, but you don't have to be sat there comparing yourself to other people's work. And I, I've heard Joe Rogan say that as well, that he, cause obviously he gets a lot of haters um so he says he just yeah posts something and then logs out but on the other side of that i do think it is a place of inspiration as well so i think it's finding the right balance between looking at other people's work and not so <laughs> that, that makes sense that kind of sort of feels like awareness of jealousy yeah and how you respond to it doesn't it? When you say like it can be almost a a blessing and a curse, but it's when it's used as a blessing, it's more of a motivator for you to improve or maybe analyze why it is you're feeling like that. So you you gather a sense of awareness and with that awareness, you can then go, right, I'm going to apply some compassion. And that's, that's ultimately how, we catch ourselves talking to ourselves with that internal voice. It's like saying, so-and-so's work's great. What can I do in order to kind of take inspiration from it and maybe build that into my project or, you know, well done for them. It's almost like almost accepting and saying, well done, that's really good. Without you saying, well, let's be honest. If you ever can, if you can ever put awareness to your own internal voice, 
I sometimes think that the way I talk to myself wouldn't even be the way I would talk to the, my worst enemy. <laughs> the yeah. words that I would use, the things that I would say, is just like it's quite well. It's it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> is what it's no. not. <laughs> and that's that's what envy and jealousy does. It affects you, but it can also affect relationships as well because if you're envious of them it might change your attitude towards them and you say you are an employed designer and and you're working in an agency it can cause friction and but I was gonna I put some notes down before to say like I think it's about change like you said changing the way you think and instead of being envious and jealous of them think how can I learn from those other people Mm. like what is it about their work that I like and think that I'm not up to that level Um, and maybe being realistic about it and saying well that's Michael Beirut I'm never going to get to his level or if I do it's not going to be tomorrow Mm -hmm. it's going to take me but we were listening to that uh, that talk before went with Michael Berry and he says he looks at loads of people's work and you know on Instagram and it might be a you know a student and he thinks wow that's amazing so mm-hmm. like I said before about even a CEO will get be envious of people within an organization even people at that level are going to be jealous of work they see out there but what makes you I guess in, in this sort of to kind of bring it all down to the real world, like what makes Michael Beirut, Michael Beirut is not one piece of design. It's him as a consistently good, successful designer stroke businessman that has a wealth of knowledge is influential in the community. And you can't, build that level of respect from having one amazing piece of design work that gets, you know, so many likes on Instagram. That doesn't make you Michael Beirut. That doesn't make you Paula Scher. You know, it doesn't make you Chris Doe. But maybe that's what you're jealous of. Maybe you are jealous of the fact that they've shown up for 30 years and are still on top of the game. Um. So maybe that's what you're jealous of as well. But but the I guess going back to what I was saying, it's like, how can you learn from other people? So look at it in with different eyes and just admire someone's work and be inspired from it. And then how can you put that into your work? The other thing is to kind of look at yourself and say, well, what makes you and your work unique and what dif- what about your work differentiates you from everyone else out there so maybe you're doing things differently Absolutely. Um, and maybe you're looking at it with a negative eye and thinking i do it differently and that's not the right way but maybe actually those people would look at your work and think oh, i love that style i love the way they do this or do that it's you know, it's just because you're a different style to someone else doesn't mean that your work is bad. But you might judge it for that. Because you're looking for evidence to confirm those insecurities. Yeah. And a sort of a metaphor that I've heard being used before is it's like asking somebody to go and stand at the side of the road and count how many red cars they see. They come back and you ask them, so how many red cars did you see? And they go, oh, 10. And then you go, well, how many grey cars did you see? And they don't know because they weren't looking for grey cars. <laughs> or they definitely can't yeah. be certain about how many cars there were that were grey. So it's remembering that if you are looking at somebody's work, are you? if you can catch yourself looking at it with the mindset that has more of a positive impact on your own well-being and mental health and how you can use it constructively? Or are you just looking for the red? Are you looking for the red cars and using those red cars to confirm your self-beliefs 
the way you are about yeah. yourself and how you feel about yourself. Um, That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, it's, it's it's such a kind of such an important topic to discuss um, because it's so natural as well to feel like that at some point in your career, in your life. And for us creatives, we have to develop such a thick skin sometimes. We have to take rejection. We have to take critique. Sometimes the critique isn't constructive. Yeah. And it can lead to like, all like sorts tacky. of... Yeah, like it's tacky, which <laughs> which Liam said about one of my designs the other day. No, no, first of all, he said, I like it, but can you just change that colour? Because it just looks a bit tacky. And I'm like, how can like it and tacky go in the same sentence? You either like it and it's not tacky, or you don't like it and it's tacky. <laughs> and I had to tell him that. But this is another thing. But, like, But you changed the colour and it didn't look tacky. And it didn't look tacky. Exactly. <laughs> and it... And Taki, him saying Taki reaffirmed my belief that it was a shit design. No, I, but it's interesting. Yeah. When we're on that level, we can it's actually amazing, talk to, amazing design. We can, well, we can talk like, you know, we're on the same page. We can talk like that to each other. We're very open and honest, which is why we do this podcast. And uh, we've got a good relationship like that. And it's, I think you almost need designer friends that are like that in your life as well. Um I don't want to sound like I throw in the Italian cliche every time we have a podcast, but I think there is a Sicilian <laughs> phrase that says, you know, only your true friends will tell you if your face is dirty. And yeah, uh, yeah I think that's another thing that I said to <laughs> Liam the other day when um, we were discussing something and I said, look, don't hold back. Just, you know, tell me as it is. And um, I mentioned that saying, cause it's something that, my dad or my granddad might have mentioned to me when I was younger. Um, but it's true, you know, it's about finding that person you really trust to give you constructive, honest, you know, and meaningful responses yeah. to your concerns and, and has compassion for you and empathy. So that's uh, really important to kind of make those relationships if we take the word sort of self, the word self-esteem, self-esteem is a bit of a funny one as well because we're always looking for things to boost our self-esteem, aren't, aren't we? Yeah. But in order to boost our self-esteem, we have to look for things that we are always being complimented on, or yeah. we have to. We almost we people talk about oh. You know, you've got great self-esteem or do this, it boosts your self-esteem. But actually, I wonder how counterproductive that is. Because what you're almost saying to somebody is, is that having a good a good self-esteem leads to happiness. Yeah. But self-esteem is really generated by things Outside. that make, make, well, yeah, things that make you feel good. Compliments. Um, yeah. You maybe are, uh, I don't know, always looking at the um, scales and trying to lose some pounds or you're trying to get sort of self-esteem from reassurance from other people to boost your self-esteem. The problem with that is it's not realistic because you can't always get compliments. There are going to be times when you might put on a pound. So if we're looking to boost our self-esteem we're, not, we're sort of doing ourselves an injustice, aren't we? We're actually, we need to really focus on that self-compassion because self-compassion would then say, oh, that's okay. You know, I've, I've um, not received the sort of like glowing uh, testimonial that I normally gives me that boost of self-esteem, but that's okay. You know, it's not been a, a good response and I've not had a bad one. So that's okay. It's great, you know, being yeah. accepting of that. And or, or, or going and going, you know what, it's Christmas. I've just put on a few extra pounds and that's okay. And telling yourself that's fine, it's acceptable. And I think that's where compassion beats self-esteem. Yeah. Does that make sense? Have I explained that well? Yeah, it really does. I think it's like um, there's this thing, expectation versus reality as well, where you might think, oh, I need to lose a few pounds. You lose a few pounds, 
and then so the reality the expectation is i lose a few pounds i'm going to feel amazing great you know i'm going to get loads of compliments or whatever boost my self-esteem then the reality is you lose a few pounds you might look in the mirror and think yeah i look great but the reality is then you'll probably look at something else and judge yourself on that Hmm. just you know i'm ugly or whatever (laughs) it is but but it's that expectation versus reality yeah where you you do kind of what you expect to make you happy or boost your self-esteem in reality might not do because i think going back to the podcasting that is kind of what i'm learning as well is that it is a slow slow hill to climb i thought i would do a couple of podcast shows and then i'd be you know mr all confident self uh, but that's you talking in a way now sorry to like cut you up that probably doesn't help with your confidence me just jumping in like that but i just wanted to catch you whilst you were talking because i actually feel like you're almost talking in a way that sort of doesn't uh, credit the um progression and the improvements that you may have made along this journey of podcasting. That is true. That is true. So I feel like I had to just catch you in that moment. And I think that's a great example of how we should catch ourselves when we're talking to ourselves in our own heads, you know? Um, yeah. So how would it, you know, how would we rephrase what you've just said? You know, if we were to rephrase it, that was in a more of a compassionate, useful, quite... Um, beneficial you know way how would we rephrase that it'd be hey kaz i've done 10 11 podcasts now i've interviewed like a handful of people and it's out there in the world people are listening to it and we're getting some good feedback nice comments you know people are sharing it and we're getting some nice feedback from people how's that Perfect. I'm going to clap really loud. So Distorts the microphone, and you have to edit, have a nightmare editing it out. Um, no, that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to remind myself that as well because we've had some amazing feedback from people about the podcast. We've got seasoned listeners, people that are actually sort of waiting for the show to come out on a Monday. Yeah. And and it just feels great. But we are going to get that negative feedback at some point. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Of course. And. With that in mind, what I know about myself in whilst I'm in this sense of rational thought is I know that I will spend more time focusing on that negative feedback than the ten positive feedbacks that I get. Yeah. Or the the counts the, the countless uh, um positive feedbacks that we'll get from people in, you know, groups or friends, yeah. family, people that we live with. So that that is exactly sorry to butt in but that is exactly why joe rogan posts and runs away because he said if i start reading those he gets a lot of haters so said if i start reading those then it's game over because that's all he's going to be able to focus on so it's better to act like they don't exist yeah (laughs) um i get this is probably a good point as well to go on to another thing i jotted down and it was about turning the jealousy into generosity cool does that make sense so that's cool so what i mean by that is instead of looking inward which we often do when we when we're kind of envious and thinking your work is bad and doubting yourself you could actually reach out to those people give them a like give them a share comment on their work how good it is and how inspiring it is. And you can also, you know, maybe ask them questions about how's your, you know, what's your process? How did you get to that solution? You could even DM them, you know, not in a creepy way, (laughs) but maybe just reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I love your work. And just show them some appreciation. And you'll probably realize that they're actually really cool. And, you know, you might go in from being envious and kind of half hating them just because they're better than you to, to actually realizing, Hey, they're cool. They're like really cool person and try and turn it. So yeah, it becomes more of a, an outward perspective than an inward one. 
Mm. Um, and just try and be inspired by people better than you. Um, cause it's not a competition and we're all at different stages. So of course there's going to be people better than you. There's mm. going to be people, people that are worse than you. So, you know, it's like how I know that's very easy as well. Like saying that now while we're kind of discussing the subject, but probably next week <laughs> I'll go on. Next week we'll both be suffering with some form of jealousy, <laughs> um, have self-confidence issues. Our self-esteem will be low. We won't be very compassionate yeah. to ourselves. And that's the difference though, between the rational and sort of the rational discussion that we're having now and the irrational mind when it kicks in. But again, this was always another motivator for yourself and I for, to create this, to start this podcast, because it is kind of a therapy for us that we want to yeah. share. Um, I, yeah, I, we don't always practice what we preach, isn't it? We don't, we don't, we're not always the, the best examples of the advice that we give. No. Um, I kind of also wanted to flag up some words that I think are important to sort of catch as well um, when you're sort of saying them to yourselves. Like, should I, could I, would I, what if, did I? Those, those words are almost meaningless, aren't they? Because they aren't evidence-based words. Mm-hmm. You, they're, they're not real. They're not, they're not true. They're just figments of your imagination. What yeah. if I did this and could I have done that? And should I have done that? And did I, or didn't I? What, you know, they're, they're all words that are almost up in the air. They don't confirm or deny any situation. And I feel like, if you start talking to yourself while say reflecting on somebody else's work and you're jealous of them or you're jealous of them, not just about their work. It could be that they're, uh, you know, um, got a six pack and all I've done in lockdown is eat. Um, <laughs> I've only got a six pack of beer. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of saying, Oh, I should have done that. I should have gone out more. Is like, can't, revisit the past and how much how much energy is being wasted thinking about what you should or could have done that is arguably um not really like you can say i should have could have done something but even then it's like doesn't mean you have have should have done it like you should have had to have done it doesn't mean you had to have done it um if that makes sense it's like saying okay, what can I do from now Now, if I want to achieve that and maybe be compassionate to yourself and go, do you know what, actually, it's locked down. I wasn't really feeling it. You know, it was cold, it's winter. You know, I don't want to go outside for a run. Maybe my time's the spring and saying all this sort of thing. Um, I just kind of wanted to flag up those words. Now, this section of the podcast might have sounded like me rambling a jumble mess there, but... um, (laughs) No, that's... It makes real sense because it is, you're right. It's like, like people say you're only as good as your last work. Yeah. So you can, when you're talking about, when you're looking at someone else's work and judging it against your own, it's work that you've done in the past. So maybe, oh, that project, maybe I could have turned that that typography better mm-hmm. or something, but it's like should have. Yeah. You, you know, but if it was a client project, you can't really change it unless they ask for some changes. So then it's about, right, next project. How can I, you know, I should, <laughs> you know, check my kerning better or whatever it is. But also as well, it's like allow yourself to make mistakes because they're not necessarily. So another way and another thing I'd like to kind of remember and remind myself is that no two projects have the same background story and scenario attached to them, do they? No. Sometimes I've put stuff up or been really proud of something because it's been a job that I've had to get out the door within three hours. And that comes with its sense of um, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. 
there may have been things that have got missed or have been overlooked. It doesn't have, say, the mind of a design team around it. It's not a, uh, you know, you're working with a word in a brand or, sorry, a logo that isn't easy to work with. It doesn't generate, it doesn't design itself kind of thing. It doesn't instantly create the solution just from the word, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you have to delve a bit deeper. Um, there's a whole host of reasons of why something might appear good at face value. And I remember doing a piece of work that was so restrictive. It was a, it was like a, a cricket book, a cricket, uh, a cricket handbook um, with loads of like, like t- tables in there. And it was a tiny little A6 thing. And it was a quite a large, uh, I can't remember how many pages it was, but let's just say it was quite thick. And it was literally, you've got only, you can only print this in black, has to use this really dodge font. <laughs> and it was never going to win any design awards. But the fact that I got it out the door in the time that I did it, it was accurate. The client was really happy. Like all those things. It's, it's really hard to then go, hey, here's my you know, in inverted commas, crappy cricket book. Yeah. Oh, there's a Aaron Draplin logo, you know? Do you know, do you know when you're, you design something or you put something out there? Do you kind of think like, oh, I wonder what Aaron Draplin would think of this? Would he think it's good? Do you, do you get those questions I think, in your mind? I think designers in that league have the... Um, they have the awareness and the professionalism to ask questions before they make judgments. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where experience and um, being human, understanding, having some empathy would come in prior to them making a judgment on the work. Something that we kind of do quite quickly and we don't, really have enough info to make judgments just off a Instagram pic or a you do uh, see it don't you as like you know I remember like the Formula One rebrand and I I loved it and when I read the reasoning behind it I loved it even more but you you saw a lot of people just jump on it straight away oh I hate it it's rubbish and You know, if you don't know the context, how can you judge whether it's rubbish or not? Absolutely. I remember with the London 2012 Olympics logo, I actually thought, I I actually quite like that. Um, I actually really, and the Juventus logo when they did the rebrand. That's a great logo. Yes, a fantastic logo. And they, you know, just, it's not because I'm a huge fan of Juventus that I love it. Genuinely think it's an amazing piece of design work. Did the fans uh, like it or was it slated? Didn't Henry Ford say if we asked the people what they wanted, they would say we want faster horses? <laughs> yeah, but I know Leeds United did it, didn't they? They they rebranded. Do you remember that? Exactly. But people don't like so, change, do they? Especially um, people aren't they're they're so familiar with it, aren't they? That, yeah. In, especially in that kind of football culture, that it's tribalism. It's like you know that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's our symbol. You cannot change that symbol. Get really attached to it. Although and the Leeds one wasn't good. That rebrand wasn't good. The one with the guy holding his chest. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I kind, I kind of vaguely remember that one. I remember that, the yeah. kind of the holding the chest sort of thing. Yeah, because they were saying that that's kind of refers to... Uh, has connotations with like white power and racism. So that's one reason why it was a bad design. Um, But that responsibility falls on a team rather than the designer. And I think as well, it's like, this is one for agencies. This is a a point I'd like to make for agencies is blame culture shouldn't exist in a team. mm. I think everyone has equal and shared responsibilities that and we should almost 
if something doesn't go quite right or something is critiqued and judged in the public domain like that logo, it's not all the designer's fault because designers are, like I say, very sensitive souls. We, I don't, you know, he didn't sit there with intent to generate a logo that has links to those messages. That kind of came out. I mean, I've designed the logos that have looked pretty, I didn't see it at the time, but they've looked pretty suspect, you know, and somebody's gone, actually, Kaz, that looks like a penis, you know, <laughs> and you have to remind yourself that, okay, if he can see it, then somebody else might see it. But I didn't intentionally sit down and want to draw something with a subliminal message. Yeah, I think we do have to remember that as well, that all those different factors that you mentioned, like the client needs to be happy. Mm -hmm. So when we look at other designers work and are envious of it, we might not be the target market. Yeah. And we might love it. Other designers might love it, but the actual target market might hate it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so, then is that, so then is that good design? No, it's not. It's bad design. Absolutely. So. Um, and, and I think as well, when we're looking for, um, I guess, justification and reassurance and acceptance from other people in our industry, other designers that they're not the ones that matter. It's like, that's, it doesn't matter. It's your client that matters and your potential clients that matter and whether they are happy with the work that you're producing and yeah. whether you're servicing them to a degree that's beyond just showing something in your portfolio. You're a nice person. You're dealing with their requests in a respectful way. Um, you're not rude. It's those things that make a difference. And Alex Curtis said it in the lead generation podcast that, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the hardest thing for designers is knowing that they might not be being picked on the fact that their portfolio is good. Yeah. <clears throat> Which, uh, yeah, that is a hard pill to swallow. I think it is. So I think that one thing to remember is the grass isn't always greener. It's, I know it's a saying that is a bit, how would you describe that saying? A little bit, <laughs> a bit cheesy, yeah. cliche, but, yeah, but it's, it's true, it's, isn't it? It makes sense though, doesn't it, it, that saying? And just because the grass does look greener doesn't mean it comes easy. It takes a lot of hard work and energy that might not be for you. And it's also about looking at what you have got and appreciating that from a compassionate, with a compassionate mind and accepting of the areas of which you can make improvements. Yeah. Um, and maybe catching yourself, I think like, you know, keep, key message I find from this podcast is catching yourself at that point of jealousy because jealousy will happen. Yeah. Um, it's going to, it's recognized when those triggers happen. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think this is quite a harsh one, but do you think as well, it's about looking at other people and thinking if, you know, if you're really honest about it and realistic, like maybe they just work harder than me maybe they just put in more hours and they've just worked harder and that's the result of it. See, I, I kind of feel like I would catch that language there again. Catch no, no, but that that's moment. what I'm saying. But do you, you know, sometimes... No, I, would, I would change, I would change the, the, the word harder to just smarter. It's maybe they're just working smarter than me and it's actually not harder that I need to work in order to achieve that or where they are. But but the thing is, do you think if you'd put in, you know, the amount of hours you've put in as a graphic designer, hmm. it's quite a lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over 20 years, do you think you would be half the designer if you put in half the time? 
I understand what you're saying about working smarter, but I think it is just about working hard and putting in putting in the work. Like, and that yeah. is quite a hard swill, hard pill to swallow because it's like damn, like. But you know, you, you can be self compassionate, but sometimes maybe it is just well, you know, especially if you're a junior, maybe it is just well, I just need to carry on working. Like, and I'll get to, I'll get to that point in, you know, however many years it takes, but we all start somewhere. I see what you're saying. So what you're saying is it's like, you've got a choice tonight. You either want to go and spend six hours playing on your PlayStation, or maybe you can go and do three hours of learning a new skill on Skillshare. Exactly. And then three hours on your PlayStation. So a sense of that's actually working harder and smarter, isn't it? At the same time, you're making smart decisions, yeah. That mean you will maybe manage the time that you've got, your free time, to do something constructive. So it's kind of a mix of both. Because you never, you're not going to improve if you just sit around doing nothing, are you? So, hmm. you know, it's it's just that reality check of saying, like you said, okay, maybe if I spend three hours extra today learning a new skill instead of watching Netflix. Yeah. Then that's going to benefit me. And maybe then, but one thing to remember is you're still going to judge yourself against other people. You're still going to be envious because like I said before, expectation versus reality. So Mm. if you're a junior listening and you get to senior level, you're still going to look at people's work and be envious. So I think just keep that in mind that it's it is it's a human condition really envy and jealousy it's a human condition but like yeah it's like you said it's catching yourself and you said something to me the other day as well just to kind of like just thinking of something to throw into the mix is fear and is it fear that's making you feel jealous scared envious of people's work fear you're going to lose your job because you're not good enough fear that you're not going to find that not that next client and actually you should rephrase that to accomplishment yeah and actually have a an aim and a goal and by just simply rephrasing that word and changing its you know narrative there you can have a better, more positive impact on yourselves, your, your own mental health and how you approach the feelings that come up when you do see work or people that you are starting to feel slightly jealous of. Yeah. That's awesome. What an, what an awesome chat. I've really enjoyed it. I can't wait for the next Seven yeah. Deadly Sin episode. Do we, do, we haven't decided what the next one is yet, but... No, I'm, I'm not sure which one it's going to be because there may be a specific order for them, but we're doing them in this order. We're do, yeah, <laughs> we're doing it. We'll, our we'll way. do them in yeah whatever we think is a, a good thing at that time, and I guess we'll slot them in between uh, guest interviews. So we have Absolutely. got quite a few um, really good guests lined up for you all. Yeah. Um. So thanks for listening do you do you want to do we want to do like a wrap-up for this Kaz I think it's just well it's cool to have a little chat you and me again after three three or four um, interviews and so I guess to wrap up it's about accepting that we're all going to struggle with thoughts of jealousy it's normal and it's what we do with and how we respond it's what we do with those thoughts and how we respond to them that will have the impact on how it affects you and the and, and where you go from that point and what you do to either one become a more um, constructive and have a positive impact or two destructive which is what we're trying to talk to you all about and kind of let you sort of catch yourself in that in that moment 
yeah i think we like you say we all we all have it and it's not going going to go away but i hope conversations like this kind of help you know other people out there to think well well these two think the same as what i'm thinking yeah because cool. because i think it's all about awareness isn't it like if you realize that you're not the only person that thinks a certain way or then that really helps. You don't feel alone. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolutely awesome chat. It has. And thanks to uh, everyone for listening. We really appreciate your listens and we hope you enjoyed this new format and we will be back soon with another deadly sin of graphic design. And I'm not doing the screen again. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Ciao. Bye.